0: Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates.
1: The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, i just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm
2: passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more certificates. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. Starting May 5th on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure and agony as teams go head to head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your sweater. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning May 5th on TNT and TBS.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to the next episode of Unmatch the Hatch. I'm Landon. I'm Cliff. This is Zach.
3: And this is Ian.
1: Ian's on the phone again, living that Austin life.
3: Doing
2: Austin things. Keeping it weird.
1: (laughs) You know what? Most people messaged us about Cliff's accent. That was like the most interesting thing on our last podcast. Yeah, and I don't see anything wrong with it. This is the way God talks. From Georgia? From Georgia. Well, yeah. I think it was more of like, what's that kid with that Georgia accent doing on a Texas podcast? That's probably Well, Well, really A, I live true. in Texas, so I want to say. What would I'm you like be- to say to the I'm listeners? I'm a very
2: honorary Texan. That's true. Could you do a Texan accent if you tried? Do it. I really don't hear an accent when I talk to, like, people from here. Like, I don't hear an accent from y'all at all. Yeah, I try not to have one. You try not
1: to have one? I do. Mm. But I don't ever want to lose my accent. My accent gets a little better when I get home. When I go home. To Sweetwater? Sweetwater. I can see that. Yeah. I've lived in the city for too long. I feel like when I go home, uh, there's more of a
2: draw that does come out. Yeah. Let's see. Like
0: San Antonio, there's there's not really an accent. Yeah.
2: I just think, like, Texas has a little bit of a twang and not so much of a draw. Yeah. But I don't hear, like... Talking to people at the store or at work or anything like that, I don't hear people say. I don't hear an accent off of them. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, so Zach brought a whiskey it this week, and oh, we kind of want to bring up what we're drinking. Each what week. we're drinking each week, we're gonna try to mix it up. So yeah, so uh, this one I've heard about for
0: like a year or two now, and then every time you go to the store, it's always sold out. It's called Angel's Envy. And it's, uh, you know, Kentucky, Kentucky straight bourbon. Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. <laughs> but it's called Angel's Envy because, you know, like when uh, you get the evaporation, when you store bourbon in the barrels, they call that the angel's share. Right. Mm. The part that gets soaked I up. I didn't into the know that. That's
1: stuff. an interesting fact. Yeah. Where did you buy that at? Uh, the liquor store right here in San Antonio. Oh, so you just found they had it mm.
0: Yeah, well they uh, with all the the pandemic stuff, you can just check online now. You can buy all your stuff online to show up and they run it out to your car. Really? Yeah, so I check on that <laughs> one every couple of weeks or so because I've always wanted to try mm-hmm. it. And
1: uh not bad. It's good, it's smooth. What yeah, did that one real, set you back? Fifty bucks. Nah, that's pretty good. That's like yeah, like I like that's, that's kinda let my my limit on a bottle.
0: I'll buy a really nice bottle, like if I'm at a distillery, uh like I'll spend like a hundred bucks or so, or if like it's a special occasion I might go a little bit higher than that, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: fifty is my average. Fifty or less is my average, yeah. and then I'll go more if it's something well, special. Well, because you
0: can you can get really good bourbons, especially mm-hmm. for like forty bucks.
1: And I've been gifted like really nice Scotch before. Were you guys? Did y'all drink the? Well, you had the, the McAllen twelve. There's a McAllen eighteen. Was Macallan eighteen? Was I've it? Had okay. Macallan 18 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We put that bottle down too fast for how good. expensive it was. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I, right I don't buy
2: like whiskey, like hard liquor. At all. Really? Hardly ever. I just don't drink it enough. Yeah. Uh, I'll drink it with, like, if I'm around, like, other guys, like what we're doing here. Right. I'll drink it. But I'm definitely more of a beer guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kendall likes uh, bourbon especially. Like, the good stuff. Like, a $20 bottle, she's like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. But, like, 40 and up, she's usually pretty good. So Yeah. Because I don't like drinking alone. I will do it occasionally. She's classy like that? Yeah, she's classy like that. Yeah.
1: I'm worth more than a twenty dollar bottle. <laughs> yeah,
0: but Jack Daniels? No. Turn her head up at that.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna get right into like the, you know, the things that we normally would say for the end to just to get them out of the way, so you guys know where to find all of our information. So I just want to say, whoever's making fun of my accent, DM me. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Instagram out? handle? H four. H four. He doxxed himself, so you guys can reach out. <laughs>
3: Cliff, it's just part of your southern charm, man. Don't let them keep you down. Yeah.
1: No well, one no did one. You, you de- talked down to Cliff's accent. They were just like, who's that kid with that cool accent? Right. Oh, okay. You know yeah. God was a UGA fan,
2: right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know. No, he well, was. Moving it, it's, on. It's a proven fact. Why do you think the Bible's written in red and black letters? I don't know. The only George's team I'm rooting
1: for is when Bobby Boucher went to. We could, oh, my gosh. We could say that All about right. tech, too. We yeah,
3: could that's say that about tech. That's the tech. The joke. Exactly.
1: Come on, now. No. Our website is honeyholeangling.com. Our Instagram is honeyholeangling. Our Facebook is honeyholeangling. Our email is honeyholeangling at gmail.com. So you guys can reach out to us. We had some questions submitted and stuff like that. So some people found us. And you guys can leave a review for this podcast that helps us out in the rankings.
2: Please revo- leave a review. Yeah, I did least a search. At a rating. It's, it doesn't take anything to leave a rating.
1: Well, I think the reviews do better because we do have – The ratings do count too. True, true. So, Is our
3: Snapchat still at Flat Earth or did we get that fixed? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: didn't know we had a Snapchat. I'm sure there is, and I bet it would be entertaining to check our, out. Our TikTok. Yeah, our TikTok. Oh, man. It's hard enough to run. It's hard enough to do, like, Instagram. I don't think I could do a TikTok.
2: No, I don't think we need to do a TikTok and uh, Snapchat.
1: Plus, then
0: TikTok takes all your information and sells it to China.
1: Yeah, so you guys know where to find us, and we're on all the major podcast outlets, which you probably already know that because you're obviously listening to this. So, anyway, we have some new media that came out. I put out a YouTube video on my... Fishing the North Platte in Wyoming. I still have a couple more Wyoming videos coming. But if you want to see a lot of fish caught, that's a good video. And then, uh, Ian, you wanna you want to talk about your blog post, the first honey hole angling blog post on our website?
3: Yeah, sure thing. Um, I wrote a blog post. Uh, it's called, I think it's called Five Essentials of Fly Fishing. Um, and it just, yeah, if you want to have a great day on the water, it's kind of five uh, things that you need or five things that are going to happen. So go ahead and feel free to check it out. I don't want to, you know, spoil anything, but, uh, go ahead and read it. If you go to honeyhole and click on blog, you can check it out there. Um, if you like it, leave me a review. And if you hate it, also leave me a review. I love reading those, um, because they're hilarious. We'll read um, hate mail so, live on air. We will. Yeah, no, it's cool. Like, like if you disagree with it, that's fine. Um, um, that shouldn't stop
1: you from. If you from disagree us, with though. it, I will
3: probably judge you on how much you actually fish. <laughs> so there's that.
1: So we had someone actually comment about Ian's blog post. They sent us a message on Instagram and said oh, that no. if the fishing reports are half as useful as Ian's blog post, because we have fishing reports you can sign up for on our oh. website. So he said if they're if the fishing reports are half as useful as Ian's blog post, they're worth their weight in gold. Sign me up and then I commented... Hey, there we go. Yeah, I know. And uh, the, his next comment was... Oh, you know what? You have to read the article. I don't want to give it away because the comment comes
3: and gives the article away. Well, so. we'll
2: kind of go over the article at the end of this podcast,
1: too. Will we? Think,
3: think about it. I appreciate it. that. That's a nice compliment. Thank you yeah. for saying that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's our new media. Uh, I actually had a funny story that happened this week. It re- it is in our realm of conversation because we talk about anything outdoors. And McKenna, my wife, and I were, like, feeling stuck up in the house with COVID, and we went to a drive-in movie theater. So Six Flags, since they're basically shut down, they set set up a drive-in movie theater in their parking lot. That's only been open about a week, right? I think it's been two weeks now. Okay. We tried to go last weekend, but they were actually down. They weren't selling tickets because they were having technical difficulties, so we're like, oh, we'll hold it till this week. <laughs> how and much are the difficulties uh, continued?
0: How much are tickets for that thing?
1: Um twenty eight dollars if you want like front row access okay. or twenty two dollars per car or per person. Per car. Okay. Yeah. Per car, um, You have to either sit inside your car or sit in the bed of your truck. You cannot, like, bring lawn chairs. Okay. And if you're outside of your car, you have to wear a mask. But that rule was not followed I think by anyone. I think after so, this, you will see a big, like, boom
2: of drive-in theaters. Yeah, there needs to be. Yeah. Because that one up in New Braunfels is awesome.
1: Yeah. I prefer yeah. going to No, they, they own the one in Lubbock, too. And that's, like, that was, Stars like, and Stripes? Yeah. yeah, yeah we went to them all the time. Right. And it's the only thing I couldn't figure out with the Six Flags ones they weren't clear on, they do two showings, and I'm not clear on whether you get to go to both movies because the way they set it up is it makes it seem like you only get to go to one, and then they clear everyone out and bring in a new group. Yeah. So I'm not 100% clear on that, but we weren't going to watch a second movie anyway because it doesn't start till like, 11 or 10.30, so it's really late. But we went to see Jurassic Park, which is, like, one of my all-time – favorite childhood Oh, dude, movies. I
3: love Jurassic
1: Park. Yeah, the original, the OG Jurassic Park, the movie that gave me nightmares as a 10-year-old kid oh that I couldn't shake for, like, two years.
3: Um, dude, it's the Velociraptors, man.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's so good. And the music, the score is, like, one of my all-time favorite scores in any movie. Uh, just the music gets me pumped up. Oh, yeah. And so, so we went to watch Jurassic Park, and it was really cool because we got a front-row seat Of the Six Flags Fireworks Show. They did that before the movie started. Oh, really? Yeah, so we got to watch all the fireworks, and then when those were over, they started the movie, and uh, you just turn your radio station on like typical, and uh, everything was good. And we get to my... One of my favorite scenes in Jurassic Park is when they do, like... They sit in a little ride that, like, rotates around, and the little DNA guy... Talks about how oh, yeah. they made dinosaur DNA. Dino DNA. Yeah, dino DNA. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my favorite parts of the movie. And then I am noticing that like the top left corner of the screen and this isn't an in it's an inflatable screen and it's set up in the middle of the parking lot and they have cars set up on both sides of it. Interesting. Yeah, it's really big inflatable.
3: So are the people watching it like backwards or do they have two projectors?
1: They have two projectors. They're watching it backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. They got paid
2: the money Landon paid to see it. Yeah. It's like watching it in Rewind. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> that, doesn't, that, didn't
0: I, that didn't register, but <laughs> yeah. my thoughts are like in the story. Yeah, you know what? Everybody strikes out sometimes. Yeah. So,
1: so they're in a dino DNA scene and – I have – we took Gimli, my dog, with us. He was, like, cuddled up in my lap because he was scared of the fireworks. It's super cute. But – and I see, like, the top corner of the inflatable. Now, it's inflatable, and they have, like, four anchor points. So I have a rope attached to the top,
3: and it's, like, coming out each
1: side. So the top left-hand screen is, like, really moving. And I'm like, McKenna, check that out, check that out. It's, like, really swaying. I'm like, oh, you know, like, it's just kind of windy, whatever. And then, like – It starts pushing and pushing and pushing and like it doesn't stop and it keeps pushing and pushing and pushing until it's like completely sideways and then blows over. And I couldn't get a good look if it landed on any cars, but it definitely looked like it landed on some people's cars. It's a 3D movie right there. It, That's true 3D. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And all the employees like started running like, full sprint. Towards it or away from it? Towards it. Okay. Yeah, because they were, like, I guess, in the back watching it. Because yeah. they didn't have anything else to do. They had already like parked all the cars, so yeah. they got a free movie out of it.
2: They don't have concessions. So.
1: No, they actually do have concessions and a food oh, truck.
2: I assumed. They charge normal Six Flags prices, though. Yes, yes, I'm sure that's true. Wait,
3: so, landed. did they cancel the movie after that, or did they upright the, How what happened? Yeah.
1: So, what they did is they immediately got on the speaker, and they were like, oh my gosh, that was so scary. We're glad everyone's okay, you know, <laughs> and we're going to have to give everyone refunds, basically. So, like, just wait till we get this situated, and then we'll direct all the traffic out. So, I got, like, a free 30 minutes of a movie. And Mimi can grab Chick-fil-A. They did advertise there are restrooms there though. And um, they're just porta potties lined they're up. They're just the porta potties lined up in the back, which I don't think that's like a fair use of the term restroom.
2: I don't know. There's that one gas station going up towards uh the Waterloo Bay River. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows <laughs> that bathroom. You <laughs> gotta go to the bathroom like right before you get on the river. It's the last stop, and it's like, I'm gonna go to the restroom. And then you go in and you're looking around like an idiot for a restroom, and then you realize there's not one on the inside, so you're like maybe it's one of those outside connected to the building, no. and you walk around and you just see four porta potties lines, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, mm, gonna poop in my waiters. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. So it it was definitely entertaining, and I could tell there were some mad people there, but me and McKenna like it was hilarious. We well, thought see how it was you hilarious, can get, like
2: truly mad at
1: it. We got. Free tickets to watch a screen blow over on some other people's cars.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, actually, I mean, depending on the price, like that, you know, is this such a bad deal?
1: No, 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 it wasn't. We It was more yeah. entertaining than the movie. I've seen Jurassic Park like 40 times at least. Yeah, just right. come home, turn on. We have it on Blu-ray. Like, we could have watched it at <laughs> home. Yeah. <laughs> I actually bought
2: it digitally the other day
1: so I could watch it.
2: But... It Stars and Stripe, it is double-featured, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I know dark, like Stars six and bucks. It's great. It's eight a person. It's mm. eight a
1: person or a vehicle? It eight
2: was, a person.
0: Yeah, it was six a person. I would love it. Mm. But we always got coupon books
2: at school, so it would be like two for one. But the glorious man I' you are not, not checking oh, yeah, your car great. for snacks. Like, you can stop at Bucky's, which is right there <laughs> at it anyway before you go. Load up on your snacks yeah. at Bucky's.
1: Yeah, we took uh, Chick-fil-A.
2: That's a solid choice.
0: Yeah, right.
1: we, we went to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and then went. It was solid. Did you get
2: like
0: one of those like nugget trays? That's what I would want. A 50-piece nugget yeah. tray. Yeah, a 50-piece I mean, nugget tray.
1: Like sitting in and a drive-in. And like 30 in. Chick-fil-A sauces. Right,
0: sitting in a drive-in, watching Jurassic Park, eating like some nuggets. Like as many nuggets as you can put in your mouth, in your whole body. Well, it would be
2: even better, though, is if you made the Dino nuggets like in your stove. Oh, man. <laughs> For, <laughs> For
0: Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. Have like a themed snack. I
1: I always forget how much I love that movie. I'm not going to lie. It's like probably like top five list. Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: I thought you were going to say somebody dressed up in like a T-Rex costume and was like shaking people's cars because that's pretty cool.
2: That'd be great, How far did the screen
1: actually end up blowing? Like 20 yards? Oh, at least. And it was flat. Like it blew over. It was flat. It like got picked up and moved. Interesting. It was pretty awesome. I don't even remember it
0: being that – Windy. Well, they're
2: kind of in that hole too. So you wouldn't wouldn't think that they would get as much wind as like being up on in the Stone Oak area. Yeah. Like in that quarry.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It was a good time. And it was outside, got to spend some time outside and during COVID, so can't complain one bit. I'd go do it again.
0: Yeah. Now did they did they set it up with like the radio or did you have to have Uh, Like an app that they played the sound through.
1: Uh, Set it up through the radio. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, that was a pretty good story, but we should probably get moving.
1: Oh, Cliff's just a pro podcaster keeping us on track. So we're going to (laughs) start a segment that we're going to do on every podcast called Creature Watch. We're going to bring you stories of interesting creatures sightings throughout the world yeah creatures in nature bigfoot chupacabra yeti loch ness monster aliens if, i don't know it, no i do aliens see i
0: recently made a mistake this is a sidetrack of telling kendall that like my deepest darkest fear is aliens like i hate little green men you know wait That's you're just, actually scared of aliens yeah like legit like aliens bother me why i don't know well no i know why it's because no. when we were kids we went like on a um on a road trip to New Mexico. Did you get
3: abducted or like?
0: No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It
3: Was it aliens or <laughs> your uncle? No, it was the aliens.
0: Uh, we went to Roswell, right, and did like the where like the the alien ship landed in the middle of the forties and fifties, uh-huh. right? And then we went to the woods to look for the spot the spot where it crash landed, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not part of like the tour. Like you go to the museum, you see the paintings and the fake aliens and stuff, and it's all fine. But then my dad was like. Dude. Clark Griswold running out to the middle of the forest. Like, we're going to find where these UFOs crash landed. Nice. That sounds like a good dad. Yeah, no. So we're out there. <laughs> Literally, he's, like, busting the 4x4 on the truck, making sure we can get out there. Like, there's not a soul around just running through these woods, right? Was it on a map? Did you guys, like, know where you were going? No. My dad, I mean, I'm sure my dad. And they looked on their
2: garment, and it was, like, this gray crossed-out areas. like, <laughs> it's been. Uh... Right. There's a, there's a whole bunch of signs
0: that said government property do not enter, but my dad was like, no, we're doing it.
1: I paid my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> this is my property. <laughs> Public landowner. Yeah.
0: And we get out there, and then all of a sudden, like, we're, like, running through the woods, searching for, like, a spot. I don't know. It happened 60 years ago. But my dad still thought, oh, we're going to find the spot where it lands.
2: Yeah, those cicadas are going.
1: Yeah, they are. Right? So, you guys can probably hear a lot of background noise. because we do this podcast outside. We're an outdoors podcast. Yeah. And so, nature is going to call. Right. This cicadas... Uh,
2: this podcast is not brought by off today. It's brought by jeans, jeans. and boots. Yeah. yeah. We all wear pants this week after you <laughs> got <last> yeah. week.
0: <laughs> It was like a communication. Last week was all shorts and chacos and this week, because of
2: mosquitoes, everyone's in boots and jeans. Yeah. <laughs> we even set up a box fan to kind of blow, try and keep them away from us even more. So if you do hear a little humming, that's probably the box right. fan. Just
0: the humming's kind of cathartic. It's like, yeah. 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 Nice little hum. And I'll finish my short story real fast. So, anyways, so we we thought we found a spot. We found like chicken bones all set up in like a weird diagram out there in the middle of someplace, like somebody who's been trying to call and reach the this aliens. This sounds like
1: Blair Witch stuff. Now it's like going from a
0: yeah. So I mean, it might it might be a little bit of everything. And then uh, so we're out there. My dad's like, oh, I brought PB and J's for everybody. So we're out there having a nice lunch, and then like, we hear like the sound <laughs> Your behind dad us.
3: Awesome.
1: <laughs> oh, this sounds like a setup prank. It's like. Calling all dads, like an advertisement. If you want to scare your kids. Oh, I
2: have a dad story kinda similar to this. Because
1: it sounds like it's like the setup deal that you can like use to scare your children.
0: Yeah, no, he did. <laughs> Not at this point though. So we're out there like middle of the woods having PB and J's and all of a sudden like this huge creature comes up from behind us, right? And we all start freaking out. It's like I have three other brothers and then my dad and my stepmom. And then it was like this huge cow. Like, like, literally, we're in the middle of the woods, and a cow comes out of nowhere and scares us. Um, but anyway, so we get back to the cabin later that night, and my dad thought it would be funny to run around the cabin when we're trying to fall asleep. And, like, and moo. bang on all... Yeah. Uh. And, <laughs> moo. <laughs> and moo. Actually, we just throw milk on us randomly throughout the rest of the road trip. Uh, no, but then he could bang all the windows and freak us out, so... So that, like, scarred you to be scared of aliens. Yeah, little green men... Yeah. Like the like the movie Alien doesn't cow bother. Did get abducted? Me? Did the cow get abducted?
2: Maybe. I mean you yeah, do those ili- pictures.
0: The cow. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah That's the, probably how that the cow
2: got there. That would make Think sense. Think about it, cows aren't native to the woodlands.
0: No, not at all.
2: It was weird that a cow would be there. It was dropped off by E. T.
1: Right. Or Alf. Yeah. Speaking of uh Insect Repellent, did you find your uh, no, I told you I started using cactus juice. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: So you stopped your search? Yeah. I, I bought another product. I'm using the other product. Right. I'm going to have to search for another product once this is done because they discontinued it. But. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hope. No hope. <laughs> Can't find sunscreen and uh, bug spray mixed, again, mixed together. <laughs>
0: just It's an issue for a very select
2: people. <laughs> Look, I really hate putting on sunscreen in general. Yeah, it smells weird. So, yeah, it does smell weird. And it's always greasy. Yeah. Gets in your eyes. and Gets in your eyes. Your and eyes then brown. you're like, ah, oh, I can't swim for like 10 minutes because you're supposed to let it soak in true. or whatever. And you're, you're like, go. I'm ready to go. And then bug spray is just another level of stuff you got to put on. But I'll take the time to do one. But I'm not going to do one or the other. And mosquitoes piss me off more than uh, the sun. Than cancer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you're probably stronger than the sun. malaria. Yeah, I'm stronger than the sun. <laughs> so cliff, what's he you gonna do It's like 13,000 miles away 13 million
1: sorry I don't know how far the sun is it's a, it's a so bit. so cliff why don't you tell us about our story that introduces our <laughs> featured segment creature watch so <laughs> according to foxnews.com
2: uh missing link found question mark quote original book Bigfoot end quote use close relative of Uh, was close relative to the orangutan study says then the article starts out the legendary legendary Bigfoot has long been thought to be the missing link between apes and humans in a stunning discovery scientists have unearthed new evidence of so called the original Bigfoot a 10 foot tall ape that lived nearly 2 million years ago researchers discovered that the great primate lived in southeastern China approximately 1.9 million years ago They also found that the animal was related to modern day orangutans. Uh, The research also shows that the Bigfoot, which weighed up to 595 pounds, uh, diverged from the orangutans about 12 million years ago, unlike chimpanzees, bonobos, it is closely related to, that are closely related to humans. So it has a little picture, I would go to Probably foxnews.com to search for this article because they do have a little graphic showing the original Bigfoot and then some other Can orangutan. See? Can see? There you go. Oh. But it's pretty interesting uh, <clears throat> trying to find a link between humans and apes. I mean, we've been talking about the missing link since the days of Charles Darwin and uh, the Galapagos Island
1: pheasants and
2: stuff. Yeah. Or not pheasants, finches. it's the finches. Yeah. Yeah. Pheasants well, are more So it sounds like
1: me. Bigfoot's a missing link, huh?
2: I feel like Bigfoot's real.
1: Well, yeah, it's real. Of yeah. course it's real.
0: We've all seen the footage. Yeah. And
1: we've all seen them. Yeah. Now, the thing with the footage, though, is it's like... It's always grainy. It's always grainy. It's always shaky. It's always shaky, and they never, like, get close. But maybe
2: they just have, like, Parkinson's or something. Like, who's ever out there exploring Bigfoot? this shaky
0: yeah
1: or maybe they're scared maybe I'd be or, scared
0: that's true because think about it, like whenever you're really nervous it's hard to stand still yeah mm-hmm. and if you're like oh man I'm about to get some good Bigfoot footage like I'd be shaking
1: yeah and research for this I did see some like one from this year I think I texted to you guys but we'll talk about that one next week where the footage looks like the most clear footage I've seen of a Bigfoot I mean foot. I
2: have a Bigfoot hunting permit yeah so I got one from Ian it's it has to be real they're selling permits for it yeah right.
0: No way! Somebody's just trying
2: to capitalize and make some money. Right. Yeah. I mean, that just doesn't happen in America. What's the
3: bag limit? I think it's like one. It's per
2: it's, a, it's, it's one a year.
1: One, one a year. One big foot a year. But you can. Uh, no, there's a big. Man, I would. You yeah, can see be driving up. In that trip. So I also think it's worth pointing out that, you know, Fox News reported on this, but it was published in the scientific journal Nature. So this was a legit study. Wait, is it oh, just called it? Nature? Yeah, scientific journal. Scientific nature. journal,
2: and then Nature's like the, sub- the category. yeah Okay,
3: yeah.
1: but no, there's a.
3: Can you guys imagine? Go ahead.
2: There's a Bigfoot like ranch or something going up towards the river. Have you ever seen that? If you go up 281, going to the Guadalupe, mm-hmm. and then you cut over on those, like cross over 281, mm-hmm. going over there towards the river road. There's those big Bigfoots
1: off on the side of the hill. Have you ever seen them? It's called Bigfoot Ranch. It's something like that. So I wonder if that might be – is that something we can go check out and then like a report on the podcast, like maybe interview some guy that saw Bigfoot over there? Maybe we do a live yeah. podcast out there. Ooh. We could. Use our hunting permits. I yeah. haven't bagged mine this year. That's right. Take it out with a bow. That'd be real proof. That's what has it happened. It's people going out looking for it, but no one's hunting one because, like, you can't just rely on grainy footage. You actually have to get one. Yeah. At least a hair sample. Can you imagine? Oh, well, I did see a like report. national
3: graphic, like. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I did see a report where someone submitted that they, like, some video footage and they found some Bigfoot hair. And then they tested it and it was actually just deer hair. Did they make a popper out <laughs> of it? <laughs>
2: they should have. All
1: right. They should have.
2: But, yeah, send us your, uh. Your creature stories. Yeah. And or let report us know if, you yeah, if you guys see an If you see Bigfoot, Chippecabra. We'll do some research. We'll look Moth into man. it. We'll, hey,
0: we'll take, report on it on the podcast. We need to go
1: there and search one ourselves. We yeah. Will. I'm, not, I'm not opposed. Yeah. Have Bigfoot, we'll travel. Yeah. We could take the podcast there with us and do some Bigfoot calls and see if we can call on in while we're recording. What does a Bigfoot sound like? What's your what, What's your best Bigfoot call, Ian? I think they just speak English. What? Nah, they don't speak. They English. gotta be real smart. No one's caught one. They gotta be similar like a tree. They gotta be dog. multilingual. I bet it's something like <laughs> <laughs>
2: What was that? I think that's their mating
0: call. Okay, that oh. was
3: terrifying. <laughs>
0: yeah, if I was on in the woods I heard I'd be <laughs> freaked out. Pretty
3: sure me. my neighbors just looked out their window.
0: <laughs> what was that? <laughs> They're like, well just tell them it's a Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, a Bigfoot foot.
3: call.
1: We should make them and sell them. The Bigfoot calls. Oh, that'd be great. I'll I'll get to working on that. It's one of those one of those kids like kazoo's, (laughs) 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 and we just put honey hole angling on it. (laughs) Bigfoot. Did you guys have to
3: play the? Did you guys have to play the recorder in like the fourth grade? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, In
2: Georgia, in Georgia, we're a little bit behind, so we played it in seventh. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow I'm imagining like the Bigfoot call sounds like like a Kodiak bear trying to play the recorder like something like that that
2: no, sounds like yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> so you probably have lost so many listeners by now they like this
1: Bigfoot watch yeah. So, okay, we'll move on. So, we found the missing link to Bigfoot. So, you guys can send us in your stories if you find any.
2: If you well, have any recipes for a Bigfoot, send it to me, too. Yes,
1: yes, we'll take that as well. But <laughs> Wouldn't that be like eating, like, <laughs>
2: like monkey? Or you just have to Yeah, but I would, uh, which I've always said, monkey's probably the one thing I wouldn't ever eat. No, it's it's primate, too close to us. Yeah, But I, I might make an exception for a Bigfoot. If you jerky it just right.
3: What kind, of, uh, kind of rub would you use on that before you put the Bigfoot on the Traeger?
2: Well, <laughs> of course it's the Traeger big, Bigfoot Wild Game. They have a big game like oh, rub. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's like made for Bigfoot. Yeah. I'm only assuming if it's saying big game. What kind, big kind of
1: flavors do they put in that spice Like that, that really meshes with the meat well? Oh,
2: it'd have to be something like a uh, like paprika. I think there's probably a dash of paprika, <laughs> a little bit of smoke flavor. Some, some good oak notes to come
0: out. <laughs> oak notes some mossy text
3: can you imagine like Traeger having a marketing meeting or customer service and they're like so we got this email from this guy named Cliff that wants to know which rub is best for a big foot
1: we should actually send uh, the email and see if we get a response we Ooh, should
2: yeah we do that yeah or Chip cobra rub which there is a Chip cobra rub company yeah
1: it's a brand yeah. yeah I've seen it out there it looks good it their, look their good. packaging looks good their marketing's on point.
0: That's half the time why I buy something.
2: Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't look pretty in the packaging, oh. what's the point?
0: I
1: yeah. want
2: that funness of like opening up something.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna move on to uh, this Cliff. Really rambly. <laughs> <laughs> no man, this
0: is solid. This is—I is, could listen to somebody talk about Bigfoot for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's like listening to Flat Earth. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is
0: even more structured. This is great. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there's actually real evidence for Bigfoot. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <And> now- <laughs> Recorded <laughs> to scientific
2: journal
0: <laughs>
1: slash nature. So, uh, Cliff, why don't you tell us about your first hog. Texas hog. Huh? Texas hog. Yeah, man. Why don't you set the scene with, like, when this was. When and was it? Ian make went as well. Make me feel like I'm there. Yeah. All
2: right, I'm going to paint you a picture like Bob Ross here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, it was, when did we go, Ian? Do you have the dates?
3: I'll pull it up. I think it was in June. Like first so, week of
2: June. First week of June, we're at work, and we get a text from a buddy who listens to this podcast, or at least he said he was going to. And uh, it's like, hey, you boys want to go on a, a hog hunt down at the ranch? And, of course, I say, yeah. <laughs> I'm not turning that down. And so work the rest of the day, and then take off straight from the office down towards the ranch, which is south of San Antonio by about an hour or so, and I get there probably about six o'clock or so and help set up the rest of, like, the ranch house and everything to make it in livable conditions for the time, because, I mean, it's literally just a, a hunting cabin, like a quintessential hunting cabin, mm-hmm. and we get there, and, of course, it's south Texas, so you see, like, pump jacks everywhere burning off or pumping out oil and then like the burn off stacks and everything going and it's about 98 degrees it feels like in the afternoon getting there but we turn on the AC and the the bedroom area and the kitchen area and get that going we kind of piddle around tune the bows a little bit go fishing on a little cattle pond uh the guy we were with, uh, who was hosting us, uh, did a, hooked onto some, a nice bass and it jumped off right as he was getting it over the bank. Um, I did not catch anything for some reason. It was just slow for me. I was used a lot of top water stuff cause I felt like that kind of evening hour, yeah, like top water would be hitting more, but they weren't interested. Um... So then that night around eleven o'clock or so, we we have dinner and everything, and then around eleven o'clock we go out to the stands. He drops Ian and I off. Ian said he didn't want to hunt because he's gotten his hog already, and I've never shot a hog. Are you guys bow hunting? No, rifle. we're doing rifle at this point. Gotcha. And uh, so we climb up in the stand, and we're waiting there. Ian's making a lot of ruckus and noise talking to us, talking hey, to me.
1: You got called out again.
2: Yeah. But I love you still. I little. don't remember that part. Well, you should. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, he, 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 it wasn't bad. He, he the best. We whispered a lot. but uh, It didn't really matter because 45 minutes later you see hogs come up or start to come up around really 30 minutes later and I turn on my light and I spotted the hog, like, right there. Like, I shined him.
1: Like spotlight?
2: Well, it's those green lights and stuff that you can use for hogs. Oh, I I'm got I'm not you. spotlighting animals, necessarily.
1: I got you. No, I'm with you.
2: But, uh, the green light, and I bring it down over them, but I guess I either did it too directly or on, because you're supposed to, like, come up from the top and make it, they'll think of it as, like, the moon, and it won't scare them as much, apparently. But I... In my rush to like check out what was going on, I just clicked, blew the whole thing out, and it's a big probably that one was two hundred pound bore so, and he runs off, and then I'm like I'm kind of starting to beat myself up over it, and I'm like I might have just blown my my chance tonight.
1: Why Not did you hit no, it with the light? Why did it, Why did you feel like you had to hit it with the light instead of just like scoping it, and or is it too dark?
2: I could have scoped it and what is what I should have done. Yeah. But I'm getting to that. So then we wait about 15 minutes or so. And then we see two smaller boars come out of like a, a little Sendero area going towards the, the feeder. And uh, I'm like, there's two right there. And Ian says, or kind of looks at them with me and confirms that there's two hogs. And, uh, There is a full moon, so I could have just scoped it, which is what I did on this one, was instead of turning on the light, because I was like, apparently I can't use the light right, Mm -hmm. because it's the first time I've ever used it. And uh, so I level out my rifle, and I put the hog right between my crosshairs, the further one back, so there was two of them coming up, and they were kind of... Somewhat diagonally apart by about 10 yards or so. And I picked the one that had the clearer shot. And uh, how
1: far was the shot? Or how far away were they?
2: Probably that feeder was about 150 yards. So this hog was probably about 100 yards. I mean, really close rifle shot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I put it. Where I figure the vitals would be, so right behind the front shoulder and down a little bit, because they do have that that deep chest area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that fat shield, essentially. And so I I put it down right there, and I take my shot. And at first, everything runs off. And the whole time we were waiting for these hogs to come up, we hear hogs off to our... Or right a little bit and you can hear them like snort in rooting around and making noise and like walking through the, the brush and everything but these two were out so I took my shot and they ran off and then I'm like did I hit it talking to Ian because I figured he was watching it more so than me because like that gun goes off and you kind of like takes a second to like readjust mm-hmm. and he's like I don't know, but I feel like you did. It sounded like you hit it. And our buddy, Evan, text, and he was like, he wasn't hunting that night. In fact, he was using the bathroom when I took the shot. And he told us that. He, he goes, did y'all just shoot? And I said, yes. He said, you get it? And I said, not sure yet. It ran off. But we were listening to it run off, and then I, I, I heard, hear a crash. So I'm like, I feel like I got him, but I have no confirmation because I can't see the blood from the, Mm -hmm. the stand at that point. So we wait a second and gather our thoughts, and then I'm like, let's go check. At least see if there's blood or whatnot. We either missed it outright or I nailed him. Like, I knew that was the two options. I didn't think it was a bad shot. If anything, it was a clean miss. So we climb down from the stand, walk over and there's blood all over the ground, like splattered about five foot behind it on some, some shrubs and stuff, and then all over the ground and like, chunks of meat were, were there. And I'm like, well, we know we hit it. So it's a matter of, like, how'd we hit it and all this other stuff. And uh, so we start kind of blood trailing it, and Ian and I left our rifles up in the the stand in case we had to go back up there. And at that point, you don't need a rifle. We're on the ground. Well, so we pull out our sidearms. Oh, so I'm, you still <laughs> had? We still have a gun. No, it's like, oh,
0: we left everything up there. Flashlights no, in there.
2: I have I have a flashlight and uh, my ten mil ten mil with me. And then Ian had a flashlight and a his, Desert Eagle. Yes, a gold-plated <laughs> dancer
3: <density laughs> eagle. <laughs> yeah, it's anyone listening, which can be really... A
2: You're kind of cutting in and out, <laughs> Ian. Say
1: that again, Ian.
3: I was going to say, for anyone listening, you do have to be really careful um, because they can be really aggressive on the ground.
1: Right, so
2: we start blood-trailing this and crawling through, like, mesquite brush, and the whole time, Ian's like, it's like that scene from uh, Forrest Gump where he's in Vietnam and he's crawling through the tunnels with the flashlight and just the pistol, <laughs> and it kind of was. But we're crawling through like all this mesquite and stuff like that, getting our arms and everything torn up, and we can't find this hog. Like we're looking around for a, a good little while, and I'm like starting to get a little upset that I can't find him. Like I'm like, well, there's cl- clearly blood, so he's going to die probably because there was a lot of blood i was like he's going to die but i can't find him so i just wasted this hog for no reason now a lot of people in texas would say good throw him in the ditch anyway but that's not really how i roll i do like to eat what i kill Mm -hmm. so i'm starting to beat myself up a little bit over it and uh we looked around for a good good little while and eventually i'm just kind of upset and uh I have to pee, so I go over to the fence line and pull everything out, and I'm looking up at the stars, and I'm just like, I got this hog, and I have no idea where it is, and I'm really beating myself up over it and, like, kind of upset. I finish up what I'm doing and shake it off, and I turn to my left. I'm I'm shaking off the emotion is what I mean. There
1: you go. Good way of explaining that.
2: (laughs) And uh, I turn to my left, and I see something that looks like a, a weird log at first. And I'm like, I wonder. And I just pull back this branch, and there's a dead hog like just laying there. And I call out to Ian, and I'm like, Ian found it, because he's helping me look for it. He's like, you did? And I said, yeah. And he comes over. He's like, there you go, man. Congrats. Da-da-da-da-da. I text Evan. I said, Hey, I got. We found the hog, and he's like on my way. Uh, We get the. And then Ian and I start dragging this hog through all this mesquite brush. How big do you think it is? I would say probably low end. 85 to about 110 pounds. So it's a good, good little boar. Yeah. It's a good eating boar. It's not like a trophy or right, anything right, like right. that. It'd I'm not posting pictures. Well, I posted pictures, but it's not one that you're like, look at this mammoth. Right. Like you're not gonna get like the right the face
0: mound or anything.
2: Um. So we drag him, and he was pretty heavy dragging through that brush when it's hot outside still. And uh, Ian carried it for a little bit, and then I would carry it, and then Ian carry it, I'd carry it and try and clear the way back to the truck because Evan eventually got there and we could see the headlights to where we were going. And we get there and he's like, yeah, I heard y'all shoot. I was sitting on the toilet. (laughs) And we kind of laughed about that. And uh, we loaded him up in the back of the truck and then I went over and they're talking about like, yeah, it's a good hog, da 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 And the whole time I'm just like, Processing it, like I didn't talk at all. Like I was happy internally, but I don't think I showed happiness. This was your first hard, yeah,
3: right? yeah. yeah you were emotional. kind of quiet. Like it's pretty emotional. Thing. Lot you, you were kind of quiet and a lot of adrenaline as well. Yeah.
2: So I climb up to the stand and I just get everything out and close up the the blind and everything by myself. And Ian comes over and kind of grabs the rifles from me from the ladder. And then we just load it up, and we go back to the hunting cabin and hang it up. And Evan, because I've never really – I've cleaned animals before, but I've never really had to do them myself, and I've never done a hog, and I've never hung them. Like, yeah, the I've way, never
0: done a hog either. And I know that there's there's several there's glands, glands and stuff you got to you gotta look out for. Out for. Yeah.
2: And uh, I've never hung them like the way people do here. Like, that's kind of a new – a Texas thing in yeah. my mind is hanging on between that Achilles tendon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally, like I just lay them out, gut, pull it all out. And then so much easier it. when you hang them in. Yeah, it really is. Um So I'm getting Evan to show me like all the cuts and everything like that, exactly what I'm supposed to do, and it's very similar to a deer. So. Yeah, I probably would have needed him a little bit, but I think I relied on him a little too heavily for what it was. Yeah. Um, but I really do appreciate it. And he showed me a lot of easier, easier ways to do things than what I would have normally mm-hmm. been used to. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was really about it. We quartered, got all the skin and everything off the hide, and then kind of quartered him out and put him. In a seventy-five over ice and left him there. Is
0: he fat enough to make bacon out of? Or? He wasn't
2: fat enough to make bacon out of, but I did get two good pork shoulders. Okay. That I made some uh, a pulled pork out of. Good stuff. Yeah, the pulled pork was. I also made some sausage sausage and. Now you did get sick off the sausage, but I really think I didn't cook it to temperature, mm-hmm. or it could have been the side dish that I made with it. Which well, also is,
0: too, when you when you make your sausage, sometimes if the fat's not cold enough, I know it can render out and get like real.
2: Oh, I had diarrhea for like four days. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty bad. That's dirty.
1: Like that, that the hog got its revenge. It right. did. <laughs> the hog Got its revenge. Um, so wait, so
0: how far apart did you eat the shoulder versus the sausage?
2: Oh, as soon as I got better, I ate the shoulder.
0: Oh, so you know for a fact it's not. Because, you know, every once in a while, people who even eat hogs will say, like, oh, like, you'll get one that's just, like, rancid, you know? And, like, it's not the whole, like, every Texan wants you believe that every hog is the grossest thing ever. So, uh, but you'll get the one out of a hundred that'll taste kind of off. The you know?
2: taste was great. Yeah. The taste, honestly, was phenomenal. And I've not had a hog. then this isn't the first hog I've eaten. Right. But the first one that I've necessarily killed. Yeah. And... Uh, I've not had a bad one. I think people who say it's bad don't take care of it to cool it off and everything and get it out. I think it's a lot like Dove where people just let it sit for a minute. Right. And it turns the meat. And if you don't get enough of the sinuid fat and all this other stuff, because that gamey taste really does stay in the fat. Yeah. Or they're not letting it soak. Like, I brine everything I kill... In a saltwater bath for at least twenty-four hours.
0: Just hog? Or are you talking about everything? Even deer,
2: duck, deer. Really? Dove, why do you everything?
0: Uh, why do you do it with your deer? Because like I don't brine any whitetail access, and I have, don't have any issues.
2: To me, it's a. It will draw a little bit more of that blood out. Yeah. So you can kind of get a little bit more of a cleaner thing, or a cleaner piece of meat right. off of it, and B. With Dove and stuff, I feel like it actually will pull out some of that shot shell.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or not
2: shot shell, but the shot, the yeah. BBs and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. out of it. I think it actually pulls it out because I've not had in any of my Dove from last year or any of my ducks where you're just sitting there chewing and you get shot right. in your teeth, which is a big thing right, when you're shooting right. shotgun um, and can crack your teeth and have bad mm-hmm. dental issues but I've not
1: had a single shot.
2: Yeah. I still chew very slowly mm. and methodically when I sure. do it just to make sure, yeah. but I've not had any issues. Mm.
1: Ian, what did you think about this whole process?
3: Can you guys hear me okay? I'm still working yeah, we're good. with this new headset. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're good.
3: Yeah, the best – The best. Uh, yeah, so we, we go with Evan. Um, I had uh, 100 hogs before, so I wanted to see Cliff get one and so this blind is 30 feet up in the air and it's a four of the four and uh we're both like pretty big guys i'm six five, 220 and uh, i was like are we gonna even sit in this and so kind of like cliff said we were up there for maybe what do you think cliff an hour and a half two hours maybe total mm, not even Somewhere two
2: hours i would say we were probably up there grand total even-
3: maybe an hour
2: on the high end an hour. The best part
3: the best part is we're we're sitting in these two uh, we're sitting in these two chairs and I'm wearing a buff because um, I was using it earlier for sun protection and Cliff goes, Hold on a second and I feel this pulling on my neck and he and he's grabbing the buff and he's uh, cleaning the objective lens of his scope. And he was like, hold on, I need to get a now, clean shot. it was my shot. glasses.
2: Don't be trying to make me like I was pointing the gun straight up in the middle of the blind. It was my glasses, my seeing glasses.
3: Glass.
1: Basically, your scope. I mean, I couldn't There's see through no it.
3: moving room, but he goes, hold on, I need to get a clean shot. And I feel yanking, like, what is going mm-hmm. on? Uh no, uh it was pointed in the safe direction. Yeah, no, it was it was exciting, right? So we weren't a hundred percent sure if uh we had uh, taken it but, but we had the it. at least caught in in Texas and they um damage a lot of properties. They damage they uh tents, they kill dogs, will kill small farm animals. And uh, Texas, did you guys see that legislation? Texas just passed legislation that I don't think you have to have a hunting permit anymore. I don't think you can have to have a hunting
0: license. If you're anymore. on... Uh, If you're on private private land and you have the the land owner's permission, yeah, you do not have to have a license. Mm.
1: But still buy a hunting license, honestly. It it goes towards so much conservation. I don't don't understand the people that are like refusal to buy a hunting and fishing license.
2: I don't know. I think it's the very most basic thing that you can do, and they're not that expensive.
1: No, 50 bucks
2: for Mm.
0: pretty
1: much everything for a year. It's not that at all.
2: Well, for everything, like if you're wanting to do hunting, fishing, public land access and all this stuff, your duck stamp included, it's $150. Right. It's not much. Yeah, yeah,
3: for sure. But well, the... Uh, it is really cool, though. It's a uh,
2: So, the, the cool part, the other cool part about this hunting trip is the next day since I got my, my hog-on rifle, I wanted to do a, a bow hunt with with for the hogs and so I I find an area close to uh, of course Texas so we are still hunting under feeders and whatnot but I find a, an area about 20 23 yards away from the feeder kind of cleared cleared out enough of the brush to get over there and have a good clean shot at the feeder and I'm sitting there and the whole time I'm getting my phone blown up by Ian Evan and Landon <laughs> and I'm sitting there getting eaten by mosquitoes trying to mind my P's and Q's watching this feeder really I'm watching about these three rabbits running around the bottom of it like playing playing around with each other <laughs> and out of the corner of my eye I see this big black thing move on the other side of this brush Sasquatch yes <laughs> and
3: it was big <laughs> I
2: I don't know what I thought it was at first but it's over here. It's probably, honestly, as far as me, to the raft. Which is which like is five about, yards. Yes. Like, it was literally on the edge of some brush, the opposite side of brush of where I'm at. And I see it. And it's not super thick. Like, it can see me. Mm-hmm. And I can see it clearly. I don't think it registered what I was because I am in camo. And I turn to it and I I see it, register and it just goes, and then turns around, doubles back through, like, in incendera, and then, like, a little opening area on some other thicker brush, and the whole time I can sit there and watch it, and it's just watching, and I'm staying silent and still,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and I'm watching it, but it's far enough away and dark enough to where I'm like, is that a hog? Is that a shadow? Or is it, like a tree of some sort that I can't tell. So I'm not going to take a shot, but I had another clean shot there. And, uh, but I didn't know what it was. So I was like, I'm not going to take it. And I just sit there and watch it and watch it and watch it. And then I would see it move. And I'm like, I had another shot and then he'd move around. He would disappear for a while. And then he'd move around a little bit farther and he did the same thing. And you could see like the tail flicker,
1: you know, you know what your problem was. You were camoed, you were quiet, all those things. As my do, friends kept on texting me. No, I do recall that maybe you got some like raccoon urine scent for Christmas. No, you, uh, who got the synthetic coon urine? I think I did, but <laughs> I think two people did. Mm-mm. Didn't he get it for me and you? I think he got it for you and Will. Oh, I should have let you use it cover your scent. I was
2: covered up. I had scent cover and all this other stuff. Like I went all out. I, before I went out on the bow hunt, I went to the shower, which is really just a farm sink with uh, a curtain to close off and just washed everything down with like some dead down wind bar soap and a washcloth and then rinsed it all off the best I could by hand and then I went inside and I sprayed all my clothes down with like the dead down wind or scent killer stuff and sprayed my boots off and everything and then I put on like all that clothes which I made sure I hadn't been wearing that day sweating in as we were filling up theaters and checking cams and stuff like that. And, uh, I felt like I had everything pretty good and dialed in. I just think I turned too fast on the hog and spooked him. Mm. I think he was curious about what was going on. The neat thing was that he was so close to me mm-hmm. and, uh, your heart racing. It raced once I, it registered what it was. Yeah. um, was but but usually w- that
0: close, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah.
2: the
1: five yards is...
2: I wish that he would have actually made it to the feeder. I feel like I could have gotten... Because that whole day, uh, or that evening, can... Ian and uh, Evan went to the, the, cattle, the pond and fished, and I stayed back and I just tuned in. I made sure my 20 was dialed. Like, yeah. I was shooting darts at a 20-yard, because I knew that's as far as I was going to go, because yeah. I had measured it out. And so I was making sure, like I was shooting darts, I was doing everything I could because I knew I wanted to bow hunt. And uh, very so ethical. for
0: hogs, are you using fixed blade broadheads or are you using mechanical?
2: I use fixed blades for pretty much everything. Yeah. I just prefer for them because, in my mind, mechanical has just a one more element that can mess up. Yeah, that's like my if mind it too. doesn't flick out just right and all this other stuff. Right. Mechanicals, you're going to get a, a wider cut. They do a great job. But in my more mind, I, I feel, yes, and they're a little bit more accurate. But I feel, in my mind, that mechanism, like that little uh, pin that holds it in, if it's not just so-so, it might not open up. Right. I have all these, like, fears with it, and so I just go fix blades. That's
0: me, too. And it's like, I don't know anybody who's had an issue. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I think my brothers told me one time he was out, and one of the blades popped open, the other one got jammed. But...
2: I've had issues with them where, like, I'm, I've am i had mechanicals and stuff where I'm pulling them out of, like, my broadhead box and stuff like that, and they'll flick open, and I'll get, like, Cut. nicked on the finger. Yeah. I just, I prefer a fixed blade. I also <laughs> pre- prefer, in my knives, I prefer fixed blade. My pocket knife, my everyday pocket knife is a flip open, but, right. like, all my other hunting knives yeah. are all fixed, fixed, blade. yeah. fixed blades.
0: Yeah, it's just, like you said, one last thing to have an issue with. Yeah. So... But well, yeah, that's
2: that's, awesome. that's Congratulations. the cliff. I it was very exciting. Processed it myself, made sausages, had a few hams out of it done and Jennifer rib rib meat. I didn't really get too much off yeah. the rib. Um the back straps are good. Yep. The tenderloins good. The shoulders was good. The grind I honestly if it was the hog, I think it was because I took all the leftover meat that I had from the cuts. And I ground it all up, which included that. So I shot this hog straight in the heart. I didn't mention that. Like, blew out the whole cavity of the heart. But it wasn't a gut shot. This or anything. thing, this thing had no heart in it yeah. when we were cleaning it. It was gone, completely obliterated, and it still ran fifty yards through mesquite brush. Damn. So these things are hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the, like that extra meat, like where I shot through, and all this other stuff any of the extra cuts I used as the grind to make the sausage, and I'm wondering if some of that didn't spoil and maybe have gotten me sick or whatnot. But I tried June 14th-ish that weekend. I tried and did a pulled pork off of the shoulder, and and no one got sick. Well, that's a weird thing too, man. It can
0: be like one thing, and to be honest, it could even be something that had nothing to do with the hog at all. It could have been... You know, you miss a spot in your hand or the knife you use had been sitting out or something. You know, it's like it's weird stuff. You know, yeah. you take every precaution you can, but sometimes things just still happen. Yeah.
3: This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place, and only with the sound of your voice with the contour voice remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. How do you explain the unexplainable? That warmth that fills you up from
0: the inside out? Does it come from the air, the sea, the sun, the people? Or is it something that can't be put into words? Because Aruba is more than a beautiful island. It's a feeling that brings out a happier, sunnier you. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your next visit at aruba.com.
2: For sure. Well, I think
1: we need to move on.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. that went a little longer than expected. No, you're
0: That's good, okay. man. That's Especially okay. on that on that note of talking about, you know, little things you can do to have a little
1: bit better of a chance. Yeah. Yeah, the 1% rule for hunting. Yep. Is that what we're moving into next? No, we're going to do the Game Warden thing real quick. Okay. I missed it. Dang, wanted to jump ahead. (laughs) So, we're going to do another segment on the podcast. We don't have a cool soundbite for it yet. But we're going to do Game Warden Field Notes, which are Game Warden stories. You can actually find them online and read them. But where people get saved and or arrested and or, you know, other interesting things. And I'll start with this one. Uh, It's called It's Tradition. I think this one will resonate with me, Zach, and Ian because it's in Lubbock County. Ooh. So. It's where my heart lies. I know. It's where my heart lies, too. (laughs) Hey-oh. story goes, a Lubbock County game warden was traveling to Buffalo Springs Lake when he came across a group of five young men shooting skeet on a county road. While approaching the group, he noticed numerous empty shell casings on the road. When the warden questioned the group about what they were doing, one of the individuals admitted they were skeet shooting but did not know the owner of the field they were shooting across and into. At one point, a family member of one of the young men became frustrated and said, we've done this for years. Citations were issued for, to the individuals for a discharge of a firearm on public roadway and trespass by projectile.
0: Wait, so they were just shooting skeet on some random
1: person's property? Yeah, they were, yeah. like, driving up a county road, and they're like, this looks like a good spot to shoot skeet, and pulled out their guns, and just started shooting skeet on a random road. What? And it's somebody's yeah. random That's a good way to get property. shot,
0: though. Yeah, Like,
2: the homeowner comes
1: that out. That is
0: a
2: great way to get shot. Like, <laughs>
1: That's
2: yeah. ridiculous. So, the two issues. Yeah, so the two issues with it that I see is, I mean, there's a lot wrong with it. But the two main ones is, A, they're trespassing. Like, you have to know that. Even if you've done it for years, doesn't make it right. It
1: sounds like they know it because they are being kind of squirrely at the beginning.
2: Yeah, so they know they're in the wrong there. Yeah. A, they were shooting over a roadway, right? Yeah, they were shooting off a public road. If you don't know, you do not shoot off of a public road. Nowhere in the country. Do not do it. Bow, rifle, handgun, whatever. If you're hunting, do not shoot, or even... Sh- what about your reco- skeet Cliff? Recreational shooting. <laughs> Robo skeet. Yeah. If it's your life, maybe, but you're not supposed to shoot from a road. That's common friggin' knowledge. Yeah. They clearly didn't even take hunter safety or anything like that. So they... I'm, I'm happy to hear that citations were issued, and yeah. I think that they should I, get the full extent I of... Th-
1: I think it's funny that a family member of one of the young men became frustrated and said, we've done this for years. Yeah, that doesn't matter. You became matter. frustrated because a game warden was talking to you and spilled the beans? Well,
0: also too, like, just because I've done something illegal for years doesn't make it not right. illegal. Yeah. I've
2: made moonshine since 1964. Right. It's
1: still illegal. Yeah. Which, <laughs> family remember, been which family member was that, Cliff? Great uncle. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> uh,
2: but it doesn't make it right. Like, you just admitted that you've been in the wrong for years. Right. Like. Yeah smuggling drugs or weapons across the border don't make it right. I've been doing this
1: for years. I ain't never
2: been caught. <laughs> oh, oh okay. okay. Okay, you can go have on. a warning. Good, you can
1: ha- we'll give you a warning.
2: I feel like saying that we've been doing it for years makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. How many years? Then give them a citation for each year. I feel like that's what they should have almost done, but there's no way to, like... You can't prosecute it at that point, which a ticket is prosecuting to an extent. Like, you're not going to go to jail on a ticket,
1: but... Mm-hmm you're still paying a fine right. and all that and there's no you way know, to prove it. The thing is if you want to shoot skeet too like Lubbock there's plenty of places where you could actually go out and shoot and it's yeah, not like super five expensive bucks to go. Too. Like it's not super like, expensive yeah. to go oh, even, out there.
2: Yeah, in every major city I think there's a sporting complex here in San Antonio over in the middle of the city there's yeah. the San Antonio yeah. Gun Club where you can shoot five stand skeet trap all this other stuff and it's 8 bucks around. Right. Like yeah. It's not crazy. I went yeah. last weekend and literally spent 20 bucks yeah. for like. You're going to spend more hours. on shells than you
1: are shooting.
0: Right. Like, <laughs> and obviously, these guys are already buying their clays, buying their, yeah. their shells. Yeah, and
2: you ain't got to buy clays if you're going to the, the, the gun club. club. Yeah. So I, I don't feel sorry for them. No. They, they needed to be pro. Or
0: no, they asked for it. They got to wait with it for a long time before they finally got caught.
2: Yeah, that's and what it is. Did you
1: do anything like that in Lubbock? Did you hear me? Ian? There's a
3: ton of ranges. Out there. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 We used to go shoot skeet a lot out there in uh, in West Texas. Yeah. There's no excuse for people to be doing that on uh, one somebody else's property just being really unsafe. Yeah. You know, that uh, they should be cited. Hey, Ian, They're you're not,
1: you're you're cutting out a lot. Let me, but, uh, uh, yeah, let me call you back. And uh, we'll try to get you on uh, – I'm going to try to call you back a different way, and we'll see if it's a little bit clearer because you're cutting out a lot.
3: Hey, can you guys hear me? Oh Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: That, sound
2: sounds, that sounds great. We need to get Ian. We need to get Ian to do a ringback tone. If we're going to call them on the podcast.
1: That's true. What, Ian, what would your ringback tone be?
3: Oh, man. <laughs> I ain't um, no
1: back girl. I ain't no back girl. <laughs> what
3: Beaver yeah, song
1: are you going to set as your ringback?
3: Yeah, uh, Irreplaceable by Beyonce. We're go, ooh, ooh solid. <laughs> um, No, not really. Um,
0: We need to yeah, bring ringback
3: tones back.
2: Oh, yeah. They were solid.
0: But, I mean, like, we just ringtones in general or, like, the callback ones? The
1: callback ones specifically. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I don't want to just listen to a ring. Yeah, I mean, that's so standard. Yeah. So, okay, I'll move on to the next story. This one is called Linked by Ink. Two Liberty County game wardens completed an investigation that began in mid February of this year when they were notified about some potential hunting without landowner consent. A hunting lease member contacted the wardens when they captured a picture of a man on their game camera and on their property without permission. The picture was clear enough to see the very distinctive tattoos the man had. After a few weeks of talking after a few weeks of talking to local residents, the wardens were able to identify the name of a possible suspect. They ran the name through Liberty County Sheriff's Department to check for priors, and they discovered that he had been through the system, and they had pictures of his tattoos on record. After a quick comparison of the tattoos, the wardens had enough probable cause to get an arrest warrant for the suspect. He was soon arrested on the Class A misdemeanor charge of hunting without landowner consent, and a brief interview was conducted to the Sheriff's Department. During the interview, he admitted to the crime. Again, it's
2: trespassing.
0: Right, but that always gets me. It's like... So like if I were to rob a bank, I'd wear like one of those sumo suits. You know what I mean?
1: Like to completely change <laughs> change all outwardly. Yeah. Opinion.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And I'd wear one of those sunglasses with the nose and mustache. Right. But yeah.
0: like, but not just that. Like that, you still have the same body build, yeah. you
1: know. But yep. like, and then a sumo suit and like three feet of stilts, right? So you look way taller. Or wear
0: like a corset, go the other way, yeah, and kind of see man. With worst, <laughs> <right>. exactly <laughs> Never with a with man. a handsome mustache. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's googly uh, eyes too. Uh, like the his ones eyes are his eyes were hanging out. Yeah, I think it's awesome they cut him on a game camera. Oh yeah, that is so cool. Yeah,
2: game cameras are really nice for a bunch of different facets. I just wish they weren't so expensive.
3: Maybe you can trade somebody for some sunscreen.
1: Sunscreen for a game camera? Ian, That's about a fair price considering the price it was recently listed on Amazon. 50 bucks. Ian, buy yeah. me some game cameras for Christmas.
3: Okay, I will.
1: <laughs> you, can, you can put it out on public land cliff.
2: They get stolen so much yeah, out
1: there. Everything is so unfair. Yeah. Blind. So we're going to move on to the segment we talked about last week, which is the one percent rule. And a quick reminder on what that was is that if you can improve your fishing, and we're going to we've talked a lot about hunting, but we're going to move back into fishing. If you can improve your fishing by at least one percent by doing something specific, then it's worth doing. So these are like tips and tricks that we've all learned fishing that will help improve your game in catching fish and if you think about it like a numbers game which is how I like to think about like how can you get you can't catch a fish unless your fly is being fished in the water so how do you get your fly in the water more or how do you set yourself up in prime locations to catch more fish just thinking through that process the first thing I wrote was fish in the front of the boat
2: yeah (laughs) if you're on a boat being on the bow works yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, the back of the raft tends to, uh, it's, it's not hard necessarily, but it is a different cast. Like it's almost a, a your back. I feel well, like too, because you're not right you're in front of the person controlling casting. it. It's yeah. kind of
1: like a second thought. Yeah, you know? it's true. Because when I'm rowing, like I can see the person in front of me and you know, like they're in my view so I can kind of like get on to them, you know, give them tips and advice that's the person I'm talking to, where, like, the person in the back, I have to look back to see where they're fishing, and maybe I can't see their cast, so I can't give as many tips. So the person in the front gets the love from the guide, and then also they get the first shot opportunity at at every fish.
2: That's why when I'm on the back of the raft, like, if I'm fishing with you, like the time me and Jason and you went out, Mm -hmm. uh, when I got to the back of the raft, or when it was my turn in the back of the raft, what I did was I just put on like a, a bait fish pattern, throw it out, and kind of like let it troll behind <laughs> the raft. <bird laughs> <a little laughs> <troll laughs> did, did you catch any fish grass. doing that? Uh, I did get a panfish off of yeah. it. But it wasn't like anything of Trolling no Well, yeah, me, you,
0: and Jack went out, and he was trolling a, a woolly bugger behind us when we were going through, this, through some rapids, and he pulled in a little baby trout. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: remember that. It works. That. I feel it works. like it's a solid move, especially because of It's like, late, well, okay. It is not. At good at catching fish as actually fishing. So that would be like a minus 1% rule would nah, be nah. trolling your fly. Because if you're actually fishing it, you're more likely to catch fish. Trolling kind of the lazy way to do it. Well, it is, but we've been fishing since 6am
2: and or we had been fishing since 6am. I was the first one on a bass and all that. And by the time I got to the back of the boat, it was about 2 in the afternoon. So being lazy, drinking your mountain ops and chilling yeah. that mountain also is
0: supposed to make you, like, gung-ho, though not yeah. chilling and lazy. Yeah, it,
2: t- it takes a second
0: to kick in. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I get it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. If you're actively drinking it, you're not, like, gung-ho right then. Right. right.
2: It's like an energy drink.
1: So, like, if you're going with your buddies and, like, you guys book a guide, just make sure you're the guy in the front of the boat. So, like, <laughs> pretend like you're not that good and be like, oh, I need to sit, you know. Tell the guy you're not that good, and you want some help, and he'll put you in the front so he can watch your casting, and just use whatever excuse you can come up with to. Or if get you in say the front like, the boat. "I'm
0: really lucky in the front of the boat for the whole boat."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good excuse too. Right. We're all superstitious. as you're superstitious. eating your banana. Yeah, as you're eating banana, <laughs> yeah. but that,
0: we're all superstitious. So, like, I mean, like, if somebody was like, "No, no, no," if I'm in the front of the boat,
1: we'll catch fish all day. I'd be like, get in the front of the yeah, boat. Yeah, exactly. You can have the front.
2: Yeah. I feel like men are a very superstitious breed. Oh yeah.
1: Well, that one of the rules I wrote down was no bananas on the boat. That's true. Mm-hmm. Even one percent. Wait, I
3: think I missed this. What? You guys don't want to eat like you know potassium? Wait, what you
1: do? don't know about this, Ian? Yeah. No. No wonder Ooh. you don't catch trout when we go fishing. Then do, do you,
3: wow. you secretly hey, have man, bananas with I you? I catch trout just at a low success rate.
1: Well, <laughs> so there's like a fishing. I think it's even just It's not just fishing, it's boats everything. boats in general. Boats yeah. in general, no bananas. It's like a hard rule. If a captain finds a banana on the boat, they will literally throw you off the boat. Yeah, every time I've been on a boat, if
0: somebody asked me, do you have any bananas? I did not know
1: this. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. I wonder the history of that, though. Our I don't know, dude. We should okay. search that. Yeah. Make a note. We'll search it, and we'll let you know. Next week, next find week out we why no bananas. Yeah. But... Yeah, the banana thing—I don't know why, but like everyone knows about it. it's like I'm no sure there's bananas. Some like
2: old wives' tale story or something that Oh yeah. But we'll we'll research it. Maybe we'll pirates it liked
1: for... bananas,
0: and they would like steal the bananas. No, from they the liked boats. rum and
2: oranges, or lemons.
0: You can make rum out of bananas.
2: can you? I thought it was more coconutty and stuff.
0: Technically, it's just sugar cane, but yeah. there's sugar and bananas you could boil out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'll kick bananas off the boat. No bananas. On the no bananas. So, it'll help you catch more fish, guaranteed.
2: My rule is thumb in my nose at Tinkara, use a friggin' reel. Well, yeah, you can cast farther. You can cast
1: farther. You can Wait, have you ever Tinkara fish though? I've used a cane pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
2: about so>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Zach, what do you we feel about Tinkara? Like you know what? As the residential Tinkara expert. As, uh, as
0: the only one here with a Tinkara rod, um, I've used it three times. But it makes it good. Like, I have a work vehicle, right? And I keep that under the seat in my work car because, like, at the end of the day, I'll be in the hill country or whatever
2: driving back home and be like, oh, I can stop here
0: and just fish real quick.
2: You know what most people in Texas keep underneath their seat in their work vehicle? Yeah, but I can't keep a
0: gun <laughs> in my work vehicle. <laughs> Plus, nobody's going to do anything bad to a, uh, a vehicle with, like, kids on the side of it. So, it's, like, it's
2: fine. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I just feel like...
0: I will say, as somebody who's owned it for a few years and used it once a year, um, yeah, I agree. Like, even though, like, I originally bought it for, like, that the aspect and also, like, oh, hey, like, if I'm going on a trip, like, on a plane or something, and it's not a designated fishing trip, I'll bring my tin car rod. And I still bring it, but I never use it because, like... Realistically, it just like it, maybe it's because mm-hmm. I haven't given it the time. It just doesn't cast as well for me. It just doesn't feel as nice. Like don't get me wrong. Like in a worst case scenario, I would still definitely yeah. use it.
2: Are, are I th- you okay? I think it's better than nothing for but sure. It. I don't see that mm-hmm. as being a good excuse of like oh I'm traveling and it's not necessarily a fishing trip so I'm going to bring my tenkara rod. As someone who goes back and forth between georgia and here and flies quite often it's not hard to pack a fly no for sure
0: and then now i pretty much bring my fly rod whenever i go the only thing though is i'll say like i have the extreme compact one that's the size of your yeti bottle you know so it's like that one is specifically made to travel with and also i would say if we lived in a place where we had more trout water i could see myself using it more on like small trout streams than
2: I feel like if I was going, like, a backpack hunting trip in, like, yeah. Montana, Colorado, or somewhere like that, a Tenkara rod probably would serve a purpose. Yeah,
0: people get them for, like, when they do, like, the through hikes and stuff. Yeah,
2: because it's so lightweight, but yeah. if I'm thinking of it as general, like, actually fishing, I'm not going to no. fish with. It's
0: not as much fun as fishing with a regular rod. Can we try
1: to break it on a redfish? No, I don't want to try to break it. It's pretty exactly expensive. It. It's
2: warranted, But I yeah. like at the shop like how that. we have the Practicaster labeled as a Tenkara rod right now.
1: Is it? No, is it? it's not. We have a Tenkara label. Because yeah, you guys actually sell Tenkara rod. Yeah, we got. Yeah, but
2: the Practicaster was. We it. actually the like sold two spot. in the last week. Yeah. Of the Tenkara. I mean, like,
0: because, like, really, the mindset of it, like, and that's a cool thing about it. It's like, oh, it's super simple. Granted, like, fly fishing in general is not the most complicated thing in the world, but like, that's why. It's like, oh, just take this out there. This is all you need. You get on the water really fast. Like, I get that it's aspect a cane of pole. it. Right, but, like, there is something to be said about that. Like, if I don't want to have to worry about a lot of different things, that's it. Granted, it. fly fishing in general, there's not a million things you have to worry about. There is something to be said about that
2: aspect. So, do you yeah. wear your kimono
0: when you go to car fishing? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, don't. I, take sh- I take it off and leave it in the car. I don't want to get it wet. Hey,
1: did you guys have any tips on the 1% rule? Yeah, like, for, you- yeah. for, for me,
0: uh, I hate bugs, so I always wear, like, long pants because I want to deal with it.
1: That helps you catch more fish, like yeah. wearing pants? Yeah, if
0: I don't have to deal with bugs biting my legs and stuff. I agree. That if you're not if having you're, scratch. If you're
1: slapping mosquitoes, boom, right. that's one less cast you can like, make. I, like, if you slap 30 mosquitoes throughout the day, that's 30 more casts. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm a
0: baby when it comes to bugs and mosquitoes. Yeah, I hate mosquitoes. And like, Yeah, it's like it's just like they're it's just the, a nuisance, and that's all I think about. And yeah. so with me, by wearing pants...
1: You also, it's less time you have to commit to applying sunscreen. So you save Ooh, more time, yeah. and you can also... That's also why I wear well, like the long-sleeve, like, yeah. wicking shirts and stuff, well, too. if you get the, get the Bullfrog
2: reason. sunscreen bug spray,
1: hey, just get it done in one That's stream. right. Sweat you can spray. just knock it all if out. If you can find it. If you can find it. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't have to worry about it now. I'm gonna, Maybe uh, it's like at the toilet. I'm going to like try to find it and then hoard it like everyone's been hoarding toilet paper and then resell it on Amazon for $50 a can. Right. Because someone's thought of that already because they're apparently doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: On top of that, though, I will say, also wear sunscreen every time you go out, no matter how long you're fishing for. Unless it's dark. But yeah. Wear your sunscreen. It's important. Wear your
2: moon screen, though. Yeah, we' your moon screen. If it's screen. dark. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. It's, hey, that's just the sun's yeah. light bouncing off the
1: moon. It's true. High.
0: It's true. But, yeah, there's the wear sunscreen every time you go
1: out. Ian, did you have a 1% rule?
3: Not specifically. I would just say you want to hedge your bets as much as possible. Um, if I'm fishing trout that I can clearly see, which would be – uh, like mountain streams or things like that I tend to wear lighter colors or colors that blend in with the background um, no red and no, yeah exactly so no red uh, no orange no things like that and um, so I guess if it's a brighter day like brighter colors like let, well let me let me rephrase that I think for when I'm fishing in the uh, on the coast, um, I'll wear lighter colors and I have no data on whether that uh, contributes to success or not, but I tend to do that because I read and heard people say that that helps. So lighter colors on the coast and then maybe muted colors. Um, if you're fishing mountain streams or things like that, Colorado, New Mexico, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Darker colors. So like, you know, green, brown, and that's, you know, like I said, I don't have any data to back up that statement, but if, if I can have more success even doing something small, um, you know, I'm definitely going to try it out. For sure. Where do you
1: guys stand on camo for fishing? Yeah, I wrote that one down because uh. I kind of, let's be honest, I kind of like there, I see that people go fully decked out in camo. I've never That's seen like fully decked trout out fishing.
2: camo, but I know like Sims came out with like the camo waders and all that right. that they call trout camo. Orvis has their camo like sun shirt, Dry thing. stuff. But yeah. that I feel like it's ammo, a vintage camo. I feel like uh, Orvis marketed it more towards their their Dove, wing shooting yeah, stuff. Sure. But I don't see camo as being necessarily for fishing. Right. I don't think that they're registering that. I think the main goal is what is the background behind you. Right. So I have, realistically, I have a bunch of the Howler shirts that people wear for fishing. I have a a couple of, like, the Columbia stuff, but there's only two main shirts that I wear for fishing. And it's a white PFG with the hood, like the... The sun hood. The sun hood, and a black one. Oh, black, really? And then what I do to... distinguish which one I'm going to wear is am I on the river? I wear the black one because you have the trees as
1: the background. Darker. Yeah. If I'm on the coast, I wear the white one because then you kind of look yeah, like a Yeah, but l- let me ask you, do you think your odds of catching a fish would be 1% better if you were wearing camo instead of white or black? No. I don't do you know. Think yeah, I don't would, think camo would help as much. Do you I don't think, think it does it with fish. Would, uh, in pr- if you were to catch one more fish a day because of camo. So one fish a day? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't think
2: the camo no, I makes a difference. I think fish.
0: Ian's uh, tip of neutral colors, try to match your background as mm-hmm. best as possible. You know, light blue, like green, I would grays. definitely stay with yeah. like
2: natural neutral right, tones. Sure. I wouldn't go off the wall and do like a bright pink or right. a uh, blaze orange yeah. or anything like
1: that. The only thing but. I can think of where camo might be helpful is carp fishing
0: yeah but even then i feel like it's it's like they're gonna see the movement more
1: so yeah and that's that brings up a good point too is i've just spooked stand behind more a, fish. a shopping cart i've spooked more fish because of my shadow of my rod or my line right. than like camo or not wearing camo would ever spook right so being more aware i don't, think, I don't aware, think it would spook them at all i don't think it's a hindrance and i don't
2: think it's a help you don't think what is. Like camo. Wearing camo. I don't think it's going to help you and I don't think it's going to hear. Right, because I feel you. like
0: I haven't spooked fish necessarily because they're seeing me directly. Like, it's, I think they're seeing my shadow. They're seeing the movement. They're, mm-hmm. see, or they're feeling the pressure of me walking yeah. up on
2: Which them. no but, amount of camo is going to block your shadow. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think I've spooked a lot of fish with my shadow or the rod shadow. You know, because, you know, the <laughs> sun projects a shadow off your rod and you're casting and those movements will spook fish. So, just like... If you're fishing really sunny, just watch your shadow. Right. For sure. Yeah, I think watching your shadow is a better tip than wearing camo. Yeah. So, I think we're a no on the camo, but watch your shadow is the takeaway. And wear neutral colors. We're blue, ne- sure. Neutral colors, yeah.
2: I think another one is your hat. Also, I feel like it just boosts that confidence. You want to be comfortable. Uh, hats also tend to block the sun from your eyes a yeah. little bit. So, pairing that with a polarized or pulverized as hank patterson likes to say glass <laughs> it cuts the glare off keeps the sun out you can see fish
1: deeper in the water yeah polarized glasses are a key yeah it's like i i take teach people that like go fishing i'm like oh you guys see that fish no, nope, no, no way. They're like, no, I don't see any fish. I don't see any fish. I'm like, there's ten right there. Right. No polarized sunglasses. And if you just eat either- that's a ten percent rule, a fifteen percent rule yeah. is wear polarized sunglasses. That's a yeah. You may not catch and anything. And you can all buy day. cheap ones. I don't even care, but they have to be polarized.
0: Oh yeah, like I've I've definitely used like the 40 fifty dollar polarized glasses and and they catch just fish. as much as yeah. Costa. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Zach spends more on his whiskey. Then he does on a sunglasses, and right. he catches plenty of fish. It's true. Exactly. Have a good time oh, doing
3: it. I gonna, yeah. I mean, they'll work, right? Like, you definitely need polarized because they cut the glare. If for you've sure. never fished with polarized sunglasses, that's their main function. And then you can get different lenses um, for different types of water. But, yeah, I keep mine in my truck all the time, and uh, they're hanging on uh, from the rear view mirror. Or, yeah, and it's like that's probably – If I had to name something in fishing, like a piece of gear that was not a rod or reel, I would say that would be number one. For sure. And also (laughs) on
0: that too, I'll say like having like the full wraparound where light doesn't leak in. Because as someone who wears glasses, every now and then I'll wear my prescription polarized sunglasses that are more of like the, just like the, you know, lifestyle look. Mm -hmm. And uh, they let in a lot of light from the sides. And Whereas like on a cloudy day I still get just as much view as like kos and stuff but if that light is behind me that sun just cuts off any visibility See, all that. I just
2: spend the money and get prescription Costas. right yeah no yeah but um I do think polarized and if you need help like determining oh how much is it actually worth it go get a cheap pair go to your local pond look in it without them put them on. You'll be
1: a believer. Yeah. For it's sure. an
2: easy one to say, yeah. yeah, these help. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've even been fishing like on the river walk here in San Antonio. And it's like, people, if you're fishing on the river walk, people always come up and like, I didn't know there was fish in here, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, I'm seeing 10 fish at least. Right. And tilapia or plicostomus. There's a lot of
2: panfish and. Yeah, there's there's
1: catfish and there's some carp in there. And I'm like always seeing fish and people always come up like, I didn't know there were fish in here. I'm like, there are, you see those four fish right there? Like, no, no, no. I don't see them. They have sunglasses. I'm like, you have polarized glasses. Like, no, I'm like here, try these on. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I can see them. You know? So polarized glasses for sure. Right. Don't share sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. Not now. The next one I wrote down was don't be afraid to lose flies. It's true. Yeah. I think, People, especially that are beginners, yeah. have, you do like, get, you a You beat big yourself fear. up when it gets
2: hung up in a tree well, or think, on a log or...
0: Yeah. So many people come over from the conventional side where it's like you're paying so much money for a lure, where it's like you do not want to lose that thing.
2: But let's be honest. Flies are kind of expensive, too. Yeah, you, like, you yeah, right? That's the
0: excuse. Is it like, oh, no, lures are more expensive. It's like, I have some flies that are, like, twenty three times more expensive yeah. than a lure.
1: So, but, you know, the thing is, like, you have to, like if you're bass fishing or you have to throw that fly in the dirtiest, loggiest stick pile mm-hmm. you've ever seen. And if you're like a foot off of it, if you're not in it, you're going to catch less fish. It's just it's just a fact. And even like on, the, on some rivers here, there's like undercut banks and all the fish hang out under the undercuts. And if you're not an inch off the bank, they're not going to risk – Coming out. Coming out right. to eat it. Well, same and thing with, like,
0: trout fishing, too. You want to be, especially if you're nymphing, you want to be as close to the bottom as you can get. And so that means you're catching bottom every now and then.
1: Yeah. you you catch flies. bottom,
0: you're losing flies.
1: Flies are just money. And you can make more by going to work. And so I would recommend. Don't get political.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I would
1: recommend, like, it's kind of sex to lose them, but just, like, don't get emotional about losing flies. Right, And if you really want it, you can save it. There are ways to save your flies. So uh, you can go swimming if it's really that important to you, but don't be afraid to lose flies, and you'll catch more fish because you're going to be fishing closer to the structure and and fishing closer to the bottom. If you're really worried about it, just tie a weed guard on it, like a a thick piece of... Well, I think weed guards are fish guards. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Actually, yeah, I don't... I don't like weed
0: guards. I don't think I've used the fly with the weed guard in a while.
1: Unless the one thing I will say, like fishing My redfish, bass flies, I when it's when I'm fishing right. when I'm fishing grass, like grassy areas for, red for redfish, because the grass gets hung up in it every cast, and redfish will hit a fly so hard a weed guard, because they like right. swallow it and they crunch it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so but it doesn't I feel matter. Like bass hit it the same. Yeah, yeah. But maybe I feel a like little you bit still, softer. But I lose a lot I of
0: fish I feel like you would bass. lose more bass than
3: you would redfish. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah. I definitely have lost a bunch of
1: bats on weed guards, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, 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 unless it's absolutely necessary, like I'm I popping cut them off. through some lily pads or yeah. something.
2: Yeah, I keep a couple with weed guards, but I usually But that is coming from the guy who fishes the least and does the hunting the most. Side. <laughs> yeah. So, don't take what I say
0: for granted. It's a glyph. Don't use weed guards unless you
3: absolutely have yeah. to. I would say that's another like a one. Negative -1% rule. Like what, that's not even a 1%. That oh yeah, like a, yeah. Some, you'll that's lose the traction. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, here's the 1% rule. Keep the barb on the hook. Ooh. Ooh this is now we're getting political.
0: I, so I have <laughs> I have two
2: thoughts behind
0: this. Um, obviously if you check your regulations, if you're in an in an area where it is illegal to have a barb, crush that barb. Yeah, we
1: don't want to have to read your story on you know, the wardens, the ward, the game right. warden field notes right. because you didn't crush your bar. Right.
0: Um, but if I'm just out having a good time, like if I'm out there to slay panfish, like I'm going to crush the bar because like
2: it's so easy to catch panfish. Right.
0: Exactly. I'm just out there to have a good time, you know, tighten some lines and, and catch some fish. So I, I'm not going to sit there for with a panfish for four or five minutes trying to get the fly out you know and it's like poking his eye every time i'm like no that's not fun for anybody
1: so in that instance i'll crush my barb Uh, tarpon i want a barb i want every little thing that i can attach to a fish but some people argue just to play devil's advocate because i'm one that i like a barb but to play devil's advocate is that a hook with a barb a hook with a barb When you set the hook, it's good, but if you're fighting a fish for a long fight, that barb is wider, so as it works the fish, it works a wider hole, so it's more likely to come out, Oh yeah. whereas a point that's really fine on barbless, it'll go, and it doesn't have the barb, it doesn't work a hole, and if you know how to fight fish, keep the tension, then it's less likely to come out. I feel like
2: that's an excuse, because even if you crush the barb, I feel like I'm... I sound in a good. tunnel, um, but even if you like, if you're physically crushing the barb while you're out there, and you don't buy like a barbless hook, right. It's still going to be fatter where that barb is. Yeah, That's yeah. True. You still have like the little bump. So on it's it. still yeah. going to like widen that hard. Yeah. the hole as it well, passes. through I've the Well, I've seen some
1: tarpon hooks that are triple barbed.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 So I'll. So we're actually at our time. I'm going to end on one more one percent rule. Then we'll call it and i would say the over the opposite shoulder cast your non-dominant shoulder like knowing that. how to do yeah. that cast cuz a lot of people don't yeah. it opens up so much more opportunity to catch fish if you can if you're right-handed if you can bring the rod over your left shoulder and cast it you just the more types of cast you can do the more nooks and crannies you can get into the more fish you have the potential to catch
2: and it's it's awkward at first learning but it's not hard it's one that you can practice and get within a day i feel like learning to double haul is harder than learning to cast over your oh for sure and And i would
1: say that the over the opposite shoulder cast is more important than a double haul yes
2: especially like if you're river fishing unless you're gonna get hate mail for
1: that unless you're salt no even salt because even if i have a fish like you'll have a fish if you're fishing on a skiff or even wade fishing You'll have that fish where you have the wind coming across your right shoulder, but you'll have the fish on the left side of the boat. You got to drop an over the shoulder cast that right. fish. Or
0: that fish is heading to the right. Yeah. And, it's and too I far can compensate
1: gets, power yeah. on my cast with acceleration to make up for the wind. I mean, it's good to know everything, but I would take the over the shoulder cast being very good at it. Over 10 times dead. out of 10 over a double haul. Really? But no both. Yeah. So, guys. Let's go and end on. Yeah, I think we, I think I have, like, I wrote a lot more down. We might, like. Make it a segment. Make maybe. it an article. Like, write an article oh, on yeah, the yeah. blog so you guys can reference them. We'll compile a list of, like, I don't know. We'll try to at least make you 50% better.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. A
0: little
1: bit. <laughs> we'll have yeah. 50. Yeah, we'll have 50 50% or 50% the goal.
2: So. 50 on the water. Thank
1: you guys for listening. You know, I already mentioned where you can find us, but it's basically Honey Hole, everything, honey hole Angling for everything. Right. So check us out there. And we have no – we don't have, like, a schedule for this podcast, so we can't say, like, every two weeks. We're just trying to get together as much as we can and have a good time. So right. We'd like to have, – we'll have a consistent time for you at some point We are
2: discussing it. We just don't right. have it
1: set. Yeah. Right. If you guys have any recommendations to yeah. – oh, I forgot the questions. We didn't do the questions, did we? No. Yeah, let's do them. We have a little bit, of time. We can go over a little yeah. bit. We oh, yeah. Have, okay, so we have two questions that were submitted. Um, the only female that probably listens to our podcast named Linda sent us a question asking, why do flies have funny names, and what are some examples that are podcast appropriate? I think
2: flies have funny names
1: because fly fishermen in general
2: are frustrated and degenerates.
3: <laughs> wow okay. wow Is that a hot take? And <laughs> Ian what do you no, think thanks. Why do they have funny names Yeah why do, um,
1: why do Why do why do people name their flies funny things Like Truffle Shuffle or um? There's a lot more that are not
2: Wooly boogers We should, we should release one? like some bone? flat
3: earth flies The flat earth fly sounds awesome That would be cool Yeah but oh, you yeah. gotta create
2: uh-huh. that we're asking Known flies.
1: Yeah. Wh- why do you think people in there? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's a, just a marketing thing. If oh, you yeah. can create a fly that has a memorable name and people are like, I fished the lunch money, you know, I got you my go lunch and money. Store and you ask for that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Dude, lunch money's works so well. Yeah. Shout oh, yeah. out to Matt. Austin. Out. Oh, if you so need
1: good. flies for the Texas Hill country, Matt Bennett's got you covered. Yeah, for sure. My favorite fly I'm, name is of Matt's. Actually, it's not the lunch money. It's the carpet bomb. Yeah, A carpet bomb is awesome. It catches carp. I think people... I think fly
2: tires are the ones who create names. Yeah. I think fly tires are also a creative breed within fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah. pretty outspoken of how much I hate trying... Or I hate tying flies. Mm-hmm. I have tried it. But I'm not that creative in doing it. I would much rather sit down at a... Fletching jig and fletch all my friends' arrows and do that stuff or build arrows for my friends over tying my flies. Yeah, I've tried it, I thought it'd save me money. It doesn't save you any money, it's a fun, cool little hobby to watch. You think you would get into it if you're like huge into fly fishing. But it was not for me.
1: Yeah, well, it's for me Me and Zach tie. I don't think sure. Ian and Cliff do not. No. But it's not for everybody. We well, I that time mean, to go
3: hunting. i tie, but they all look the same. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a cloud or minnow, woolly bugger, dry fly. <laughs> they they all just all same. look the same. That's and hilarious. people are like, man, you tied like a hundred of these. And I'm like, man, those are supposed to be different. But I'm not <laughs> say anything.
1: So what are some examples of flies with funny names that are appropriate? Because it's easy to think of the inappropriate ones, but I'm really... Like carpet um, bomb is awesome.
3: I like Scol-Zilla. carpet bomb. Scol-Zilla. I fished a fly called the carp nasty, yeah. which like, works really well. Yeah, I still like the crazy Charlie. Looking into a Crazy small Charlie. carp on it. Yeah, carp nasty.
1: Yeah, carp nasty is good. Jawbreaker. That's a bass fly. Yeah, that's man. a good one. I
2: like a jawbreaker.
1: Yeah, that's a good fly jawbreaker. too.
2: But I think I think the reason they have goofy names and stuff like that is normally the people tying them are the ones who names them name them. And it's a creative brunt, or bunch and they want to show how creative they are and it's an intention. Well, get-up. you
0: want your stuff to stand out because, like, there is something, like, you know, catching a fly on – or catching a fish on a fly that you've tied, like, there's nothing to be said about that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you want that attachment and, like, you want people to know your stuff because you're proud of it when you yeah. put it out there, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, hey, like, this fly that has this name works really well, Yeah, you know?
1: So, the next question was from Killer Fuzz. He asked, where is the pl- best place to learn how to catch carp? And I am not going to say that on air Yeah, that's on kind of hot podcasts. spotting,
2: and we're not about hot
1: spotting. That, that is, I will have some people that will put my head on a spike. There's a, I, especially I, carp. Especially, for especially sure. carp. People are very protective about their carp fishing.
2: Here's what I will say about it, and I'm not a carp guy. So, I I can't really hotspot, but I would say urban areas are better for carp. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But you will find carp in urban areas. Yes. Right, but I feel like if you're trying to learn somewhere closer to
1: home, which is more than likely an urban area,
2: is going to be the area to
1: learn. What what I'll say about carp fishing...
2: Because I know spots that aren't urban.
1: Right. I do. For sure. And
2: they are better, but I feel like if you're trying to learn then you need to be out there as much as possible, yeah. which means you need to be somewhat close to home in an urban area is yeah. more than likely. What, that, what, yeah. sure.
1: what I'll say, carp are everywhere, basically. Like every river I fish in the Hill Country, I've seen carp on. Some more than others. But if you're seeing carp, what you need to do is you need to fish that spot as much as possible and learn the behavior of the carp there and learn what types of environments they like to be feeding in they like to be feeding in the middle of the day do they like to because they can be real finicky like a lot of times i'll go carp fishing and the carp won't be in a mood to be feeding and so it, you're just kind of out of luck but sometimes i'll go they're in a feeding mood they're mudding around getting after it and so pick a spot go there a lot like if you can go there every day for a week because they got to eat every week well at least one day go there and see if you can catch them in a mood and uh, get after them. But just like I'm randomly going to go to the Guadalupe River this day and I'm going to try to catch a carp, you know, it just – That's not the way to it, do it. It's, the, the people that I know that catch the most carp and are the most successful at it, they do it all the time. Right. They, 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 they almost specialize. They almost that. specialize in it. And, and they can catch carp every time they go out. That's not me. I've caught carp, but I don't. I like to go bass fishing. I like to go trout fishing. I like to go to the coast. I like to do all these other things and so I don't spend the time required to be like these guys that you see on social media just like catching at least a carp every time they go out, and sometimes I know guys that pretty consistently catch double-digit carp, which is just insane. And I would say if you are looking or you have a carp
2: spot and you want our opinion on it, get on X, drop a pin, send it to
1: us. (laughs) We'll let you know.
0: There
1: you go. Exactly. Yeah. Send us a message. We might be able to be of a little bit more help. But, you know, I, I've had a lot of really good carp anglers share their spots with me, and I'm not going to do them the disservice yeah. of spilling the agree. beans on the podcast. Yeah. And flies, natural colors olives, blacks, browns. Yeah. Which is the flies and I small. buy anyway. I try to stay away
2: from them. I know, like, the hot pinks and purples and stuff sometimes work, but to me, you always hear the added old additives that, like, flies catch fly fishermen, not the fish necessarily.
0: Well, that's a so, yeah,
1: yeah, so, like, I I tend to stay, I like the natural colors. Yeah. Well, that was all of our questions. So if you guys have any other questions or want our opinion on controversial fishing-related topics, like hot spotting <laughs> other people's carp holes, um, <laughs> then yeah. shoot us a message, nice. and we will answer it on the podcast. And uh, if you see Bigfoot, Chippecabra, or any creature of the mythical
2: yeah. variety, and if you, know. yeah, don't if forget you,
3: to uh, send Cliff your uh, uh, Bigfoot recipe. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And also, if you know a game warden, let us know. Or if you know a game warden story, let us, let know. us know. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Cool. Bye.